1: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the tireact.com studios. tireact.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, over 10000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. Uh, that's, that's the way tire bikes should be, man. What's up? Welcome in. Uh, today, Madison, Wisconsin, by the way, in case you're caring about my travels. I was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama last, last night watching Alabama hang on to beat Auburn. Tomorrow, Michigan State taking on Wisconsin down the street at the Kohl Center. Should be awesome. Um, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Chargers, and it's one of those deals to where uh, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does happen. Where one things make complete sense, hires are championed, and they don't always work. But this is one that it's you find it really hard to find somebody who goes, oh that, that that's a bad hire. Right. Could you say, hey, he's really conservative offensively with his style? Sure. Has it been a minute, you know, a decade since he's been in the NFL? Okay. Okay. And the Chargers are going to have to remake their roster, and he's struggled to get along with player personnel people before. And, you know, there's the Chargers curse, and there's all this other stuff. But, I mean... Jason Stewart, you are a Charger fan, but just a hater by nature, and I, I would, I would guess we haven't really even discussed it because we just said, "Hey, we want to talk about this." I would guess it's pretty hard to pick, to to poke holes in this thing, right?
3: Yeah, I think it's for the first time um, since I can remember following this team, I've been very pleased with the decision, like extremely pleased with the decision that I thought they should make from the very get go. So often the chargers will like make a choice and you'll be like, where did that come from? And it might surprise you a little bit later, but rarely do they make the obvious choice and they spend the money and they put it down. And I'm, I'm really thrilled with this sire. Yeah.
1: Yep. Now doesn't mean it'll work, right? No, doesn't it's a risk. Work. There is yeah. a risk. Lots of risk, lots of risk involved, you know? And maybe we, maybe Justin Herbert's not good enough. Maybe he doesn't fit. Maybe there's too many different coordinators. As they'll probably change offensive coordinators as well. Like all these things are possible. But it does. It it is one of those. Sometimes the easiest possible solution is the right solution, and this seems like an easy, smart solution, does it not? Exactly right. Byer, can you find fault with it? Can anybody? Can can somebody find? Like my whole thing is maybe. Because he did a good job, despite the fact he's a huge name, of not becoming at least an outward egomaniac at Michigan. That's the big problem with college coaches, right? He's won in the pros. He's played in the pros, so he understands the whole NFL player mentality. That that sort of thing. I don't know. Do we do we have like a yeah, but other than everything else?
4: I <laughs> here's. Here's the amazing thing about it is I don't I have not heard any negative things. There may be stuff down the road, and again, this is let's call him the Teflon Jim because Michigan commits all of these supposed violations, and now he's considered a martyr by many. And in uh, an underdog in America's team in the whole deal. And then now he leaves Michigan and goes to the to the NFL and there isn't anything wrong. Now, I don't think that there really is anything to fault. I think that he was the number one candidate of all the candidates, and that includes Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, who are still looking for work and, and other hot assistants. The only I'll say this the only other hot assistant that I thought maybe would rival is Ben Johnson. So if Ben Johnson goes to the commanders, maybe that hire is waiting to be made. But other than 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 that, that's the only one that could rival Harbaugh. And I still don't think that the hiring of Ben Johnson it would be bigger than Harbaugh uh in this hiring cycle.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm
4: with you there. Even Belichick comes with questions, right? Like you're not sure how's it gonna work in a different organization? Harbaugh doesn't seem to have any of that sort of stuff, and now he goes into a situation that I think many thought was the best, considering their quarterback situation. Yeah, I don't think there's reason to to find faults or complaints.
1: I know it's weird, and but again, there is no, there is, we can't promise that it will work. We have had, you know, everyone knows of a hire that was made. You're like, well, that'll work, and it didn't. I guarantee. I guarantee and it's usually with your favorite team. Like I'm I'm buyer did you was there a hire made for one of your favorite teams that you like that would work and it didn't work. Um
4: gosh, I'm trying to think. There there are more that I was skeptical of that ended up working out. Of course. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, the opposite way. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember, I'll give you one that's kind of interesting. Like because I'm in Wisconsin, right, I'm at Milwaukee, I'm in Madison, and forever people thought Tony Bennett would be the coach here at Wisconsin. When he got the uh, Virginia job, I remember people said, well, he doesn't have any ties to Virginia. How's he going to recruit to Virginia? Well, they went on one national championship, you know. And uh, basketball-wise, like, there's been a lot of, hey, I, I think that'll work, and it hasn't worked. Football-wise, whatever. So, so what's the one you were, you were going to get to?
4: Well, the, the the two in my fandom that I had questions about that ended up working, Pete Carroll going to the Seahawks and giving them as much power as he did from USC. I think if we remember back to that time, there was a question, because things weren't going great at USC. And you wondered, maybe he was just a college coach, because he hadn't had great success in his two other stints as, stints as an NFL head coach. So that was one, and obviously that worked out really well. And the other was Jim Trestle at Ohio State in being brought in when they fired John Cooper. And you're wondering, what is this guy from Youngstown State going yeah. to do? And yeah. that ended up working out pretty well as well. So those were like the two that that I questioned that ended up, you know, working out swimmingly. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, maybe the Adrian Griffin one, you know, with the Bucs. You're like, OK, this is going to work. And now we've seen how that's worked out.
1: Yeah. Well, what about you, Jay Stu? Is there a, is there a hire you can think of? that you loved that didn't work out.
3: Yeah, I think the, um you you stay with the with the city and the Dodgers. I think the Joe Torre hire, what, after, after he left the Yankees, I thought was like a no-brainer. And maybe that had mo- more to do with the ownership at the time and just the way this team was structured, but it didn't quite work. I mean, I think they maybe ran off a division title or two, but it didn't have quite the impact that we all expected it. But that was the that was the easiest hire and the best hire and the no-brainer and they made it it just didn't work. Now this one this one's tricky I think Doug because um, I heard Cowherd say that this could be an 11 12 one team next year and it's like there's so much to do with this roster still and so much to cut like so much fat to trim and they have to draft well and that that's what kind of makes us up uh, you know we got to wait and see if this is going to work. I'm not going to I don't know if I'm even going to judge them by next year. It seems like this next year is like kinda of gravy, isn't it? Well if it's also do
1: right, you have a new you're gonna have a new general manager. So new general manager, new uh, coordinators, you're gonna have new visions for exactly what it looks like. And sometimes that hybrid year, that mirror in the middle can be a little tricky. Right? Yeah, he's or kinda on a
3: honeymoon year, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's that that, that that's totally fair. I, I can think of one. There's a guy, he's the head coach of Air Force now, a guy named Joe Scott. He played at Princeton. And I think it was when John Thompson III left Princeton to go to Georgetown. He was hired as head coach of Princeton, and everybody thought it would work. And it didn't work. It did not, did not work. Profet, what do you think?
5: Uh, well, just thinking back at guys who didn't work, I mean, I really thought Stan Van Gundy would finally at least you know, get a little bit of semblance of order to the Pistons when he took that job. And like they they made the playoffs, but they also made some terrible terrible trades that ended up scuppering that team right back to the bottom. I think with Harbaugh though, if there's one thing I think that I get worried about a little bit, it's the attitude because we saw his falling out in San Francisco with the front office, with the ownership, with Trent Baalke to a alarming degree. And you no, know, he's he's kind of used to ruling the roost at Michigan. And no I, I mean I, I think he's I think he's learned a lot from San Francisco. I don't expect it to rear its head, but it's something I think I would keep an eye on. And yeah, like to what Jason Stewart said, there's still a lot to be worked on for this roster. I think sometimes there's some good, bright talent on the Chargers, but it does mask a lot of the issues. But if I'm gonna find any fault with Jim Harbaugh's hire, it's that can he work in a collaborative atmosphere in the NFL, which you kind of have to do in today's organizations?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you do. OK, so let me ask you, uh, Dan Byer, right? You're the most reasonable. You're not connected as a fan. What do you think are reasonable? And again, like the rosters aren't set. Like, what do you think is reasonable to think of the Chargers next year?
4: I, I actually think that a playoff berth is is well within reach, considering The expanded playoffs that we've now seen. Sure, you may have to win nine, may have to win 10 games. I think there will be a remarkable change. There will be more juice squeezed out of that orange than Brandon Staley could ever dream of. I always, maybe in looking at it that way, there always seemed to be stuff left over. There was not, they weren't able to get the most out of what they had. And while they may have less. Because of the revamping, I think they're going to get more out of their less than maybe what Staley ended up getting out of theirs. I think that they could compete for a playoffs. You have the quarterback. That is usually 75%
1: of the problem. They weren't that far out of the playoffs, to be honest, this year. right? They were reasonably well-coached. They'd be in the playoffs this year. Don't you think, think, guys? All right, Jay Stu, what's what's your reasonable (laughs) expectation?
3: I mean, well, to that last part, I— I wish I had been saying it for the last 10 months that the coach was a problem. But um, like I said, I, t- to me, just like this Dodgers season, we keep making it about me and my teams, but I thought everything the Dodgers did this past season was gravy because they obviously were saving up for the Shohei Otani push. And they didn't spend a dime going into last year. They didn't make any major money moves at the deadline. And they still ran off 105 wins. So it's like... I kind of see this Charger season as the same thing. I'm not going to have any expectations going in. I just want to see how it works. Um, if it's if it's six wins, if it's twelve wins, I, it, everything's gravy to me. With
1: that,
5: I think the big thing is that you're going to have a top five pick in a year where there's a lot of teams who those first three are probably going to be quarterback at least first two are going to be quarterback like you're yes. going to have
1: maybe first three yeah, a lot of people he, think Jaden Daniels will go in that top 3 as well
5: yeah and we we assume like i don't know where where uh um uh marvin harrison jr will go but like you're getting a blue chip prospect one way or another at the top there i think that's a big factor to this and i think i i agree with dan i think like nine ten wins should be doable in that i mean we've seen other teams start out slow in the afc sometimes i think i think they can turn it around pretty significantly in just the first year
1: well look here's the thing okay so brandon staley when he took over the job, he became known for the, be the analytics guy, the go for it on fourth down guy. Right. And the first year he went for it a ton and had some success, had some bizarre, bizarre decisions. Right. Like going for it in your own 19 yard line against the Raiders in the last week of the season where you got to win to make the playoffs or tie to make the playoffs. Um, but you could see it. It was it was different than the previous regime. I'd say for Harbaugh, like, the the easiest way to get people to buy into it being different, okay? And because we don't really know, we can't really tell if somebody's really well-coached or not, other than just the obvious results. But there's just stuff that they got, obvious stuff that feels like they have to clean up. And I'd say the easiest one, and Jace, you can speak to this is, just no decisions that leave you going like, what are they doing? That doesn't make any sense.
5: One of the, one of the big things we see each year is these one-score losses turning around. The Chargers lost eight games this year yes. by one score.
1: Yep. Now, Well, that, I don't know how you eliminate that feeling other than just doing it. And that feeling, I mean, it's that feeling that they're going to find a way to lose, not find a way to win. Right? The, the, the Chiefs are a team that they always find a way to win. The Chargers are a team that they always find a way to lose. And and we all know, anyone who's been, and you can get over that, that does change, whether it's big game, small game, whatever. Uh, I would say getting off to a hot start would help. You know, whereas this year you got off to a terrible start. Um, several of the last couple of years, they've gotten off to bad starts. But I I think, I don't know, Jay Stoof, if it's me, it's just more... Can we not have any of the decisions that leave us going? That doesn't make any sense.
4: I think those are out the window. I know you asked Jay Stu. I want to quick throw in something else with this, because it does matter. you are also got a Chargers team that's playing a last-place schedule. Yep, that matters. Their their conference division that they match up with schedule-wise is the AFC North. That's a little troublesome. However, the division they play from the NFC is the NFC South. So, (laughs) you— You could run the table in w- with that division, you know. Maybe go three and one, so that will that will help them not to go on the all wins and losses things. But when you're trying to figure out how a team is going to play, you got games against the Patriots, Cardinals, and the NFC South next season. And if you go five and one in those, you're halfway there. And Jim Harbaugh likely is the difference in winning those games against likely bad teams.
1: Yeah, I um, I. It's a great point. Schedule does matter. We always uh, brush it off as it uh, like everybody plays the same schedule. You play it's like no, you don't. It's totally different. And a last place schedule is just that. It's it's the way that the NFL almost guarantees that half the teams in the playoffs won't be in the playoffs next year, right? So they cycle through it. I mean, look no further, honestly, than the Philadelphia Eagles. Were the Eagles worse this year than they were last year? Yeah, but last year they played a really, really soft schedule. Really soft schedule. So they played the easiest schedule in the NFL. This year they played a difficult schedule. What's interesting about the Eagles was when the schedule was really difficult, they were actually 10-1. and 1. It was a little bit softer at the end of the schedule, and they couldn't beat win any games, but that early part really beat them up. But that's a great point, Dan Byer, where you talk about schedules do, in fact, matter. I don't know, if to me... Quality coaching is something that it's like the old uh, definition of pornography. You know it when you see it. You can't really put your finger – can't really truly describe it. But I think, Perfet, you pointed out how many close games have they lost. That feeling of dread, when does that go away for a Charger fan? Dread meaning, oh, we're going to find a way to lose this game. And I even think Herbert, as much as I think the world of Justin Herbert, like he was, he was not good in fourth quarters when they – Had to have it drives this year. So I I think a a sort of, believe it or not, as much as he's a bit of a bizarre dude, kind of there's a calming effect because he's been successful previously. And maybe we're putting too much into Jim Harbaugh that, like, is he a really good coach? Yeah, but you got to have really good players. When he was in San Francisco, great players. In Michigan, they had great players. When he's at Stanford, they had the best quarterback in college football, one of the greatest quarterbacks in years in terms of as a prospect. And, and Herbert's good. I don't know if he's that good. But this is a unique hire where you can, in this day and age, in anything you do, one of the things social media is great for is somebody to say something nasty about the most mundane, average, feel-good story. You name the story, and somebody can find something bad to say about it. That's the beauty and dysfunctional uh capabilities of social media and here we are a hire of a team that traditionally everybody thinks finds a way to spit up all over themselves the second team at best in LA and all anybody can say is you know what they got their guy he's a good hire how that works out I don't know this is the
5: best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to sports to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Let Express Employment Professionals help you hire your next pro. Forget about posting jobs and sifting through resumes. Interviews with unqualified applicants. Move up to the pros. Go to ExpressPros.com. Find a location near you. That's ExpressPros.com. And now it's time for our Express Pros Pro of the Week. Pro of the Week goes to Joel Embiid. Big man for the Sixers. Had 70, 18 rebounds. Five assists. and went over the Spurs. 70 points. The franchise record. It broke Will Chamberlain's former mark of 68 points against the Sixers as well. Let's get to a, let's get to the to um, uh, oh let's let's get to the story. So, Giannis professes to be surprised that there was a head coaching change made. Right, this is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yesterday, talk about his now former head coach, Adrian Griffin.
4: I gotta trust the front office. I gotta trust the ownership group that they can see the bigger picture. My job is to be the best version of myself to lead the, this team out there and hope win games and their job is to you know create the best team possible and the best atmosphere around the team possible you know that they
1: believe that it gives, gives us a better chance to win uh, a championship but yeah I do I do think it, it was it was a surprise it was a surprise was it a shock Bayer do you think he was that that this was just the front office decided to do it with no real insight from Giannis
4: Um, no no. Do I think that his fingerprints are on the weapon? No, I don't think that.
1: I uh, think he handled the weapon. I don't think he wielded the weapon. Okay. That, that, that that that'd be my there's, he, there's my analogy for it. I
4: think he may have been in the room. Maybe he was in the, you know, the getaway car. In the study with the candle? Could be. Well, he wouldn't have the candlestick, but the the but Revolver? It, it would, it would no, because I don't think he's touching any weapons, but I think that he knows what's going on.
1: I d- I definitely think he knew what was going on, and I definitely think he could have stopped it. He did not.
4: It it feels like it's a bit of semantics, in terms of like what he's saying. Like, did Giannis get Adrian Griffin fired? No, John Horst fired him. That's w- that's what happened, but John Horst wouldn't have fired him without the comments that Giannis made over the past week, whatever was said in private conversations, whatever they witnessed at practice. uh, practice. I mean, there was a clip, and and I, I didn't follow up on it because it was so ridiculous. And I don't even know if it was from this season or not, but if it was, it was darn near damning of Giannis drawing up a play on paper while he was sitting on the bench. And so that tells you... I just I think that he had a part of it. For as much as he may want to say my my hands are clean in all of this, or in the in the hiring of him as well, because that's where he also tried to distance himself. Where, all right, let's be let's be real here. Because you had brought up yesterday, he didn't want Nick Nurse, and it makes sense if you just look at it logistically. That okay, if Giannis doesn't want Nick Nurse, but we want Nick Nurse, why not get Nick Nurse's assistant that Giannis likes? Sure. Right, like that. Yeah. So, so there's like there's that middle ground there. Maybe there's principles that then we could carry over. And Giannis likes the messenger. I, I don't know how it went, but there is no way that that he didn't know about any of this, the hiring or the firing, or is trying to absolve him of it.
1: Yep. I'm 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 with you. I, I I would meet you right there halfway in that he it. Probably wasn't his initial knee jerk. It's more frustration, and they said, "This is what we're thinking. What do you think?" And then there's no question. The discussion about Doc Rivers had to come up as well. Like all these things have to be kind of at least discussed before it happens, in order for it to happen. Yeah, there's there's no way they fire their coach 43 games in the season, and then they reach out to Doc Rivers and give him a chance to decide what he wants to do a couple days later. No way. Just like I don't believe for one second, no matter how gracious Giannis is, you know the comments that he had some some negative comments he had made about how he thought the team was playing and how he thought they're being coached. Um, there's no way they make a firing of a coach without completely clearing it with him.
4: Also, think about this, and this this may be unfair of me to do this because. I don't think that someone's reaction proves their innocence or guilt, but wouldn't you feel some sort of resentment towards the organization? Yes. If you just signed a long-term extension with the team, yes. Thinking this guy was in place, yes. And all Giannis is fighting against was I didn't have a say in it. Yeah. Like I no would way. have felt like I would have felt like they backstabbed me. Uh, made me think that this was going to be the guy for the next how many years that I signed the extension for. And now, after three months, once I've signed this extension, they're ready to kick him out. Like that would be something to really be mad about. like to, to to publicly say like I was, you know, I was duped. Yes, absolutely. and there was there was none of that.
1: Agreed. Which leads you to believe that he felt like a change was needed that it wasn't working, right? And he gets to say face publicly and still be the the all around good guy. Right? Yeah. One, good guy. Which is so funny because
4: again, this is a guy that ran around looking for a basketball when he scored sixty-four points. This is the guy that bulldozed Mike Dunleavy Junior. in a playoff game. You know, when he was you know early on in the league on the sidelines, just completely like there is this. We talk about him running hot, and and he does, but this is this does feel like Giannis trying to protect his image a little bit.
1: Yep. Yep. No, it's, it's definitely, you know, again, I'm not trying to say he's a phony, but I think that he's a, a little bit, he has much better wherewithal, much better feel, much better understanding cares a lot more about what people think and how it than anybody would ever give him credit for, you know? And I also think that, that a big mistake that we all make is you hear people talk about how great Damian Lillard is and how, like, okay, we saw him in the, in, in the Olympics, and you don't, want, you don't have to take Olympics as, as viable, but that's when you're surrounded by the best players going. And he struggled. But okay, small sample size. Now you go from a team where you didn't have the team to win the championship, you never did. To a team where you have as good a weaponry as anybody could ever hope for offensively. So I, I, there's, a, there's a realness to the fact that he's not, he's not close to a top 75 all-around player. I mean, that's most, one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And I'm not a Dwight Howard guy, but Dwight Howard carried a team to the NBA Finals. He was the best rebounder shot blocker in the league for a good half decade. Um, so, I mean, then you put Lillard on a team that has championship aspirations. Granted, didn't win a championship last year, but it's not like they, they're different, not better, which is what we said it would happen. I thought it was interesting that Giannis, um, you know, he, he didn't, he, it was actually smart. Again, we brought up, uh, Hunt for Red October. This is kind of clear and present danger. Jay Stewart, you, you remember Clear and Present Danger, the book or the movie, John, yep, Tom just Clancy? Yep, we talked about yesterday. No, we talked about Hunt for October yesterday. Wasn't it? He's or was it Clear a, and no, Present? Fred line, right? The Fred Thompson line, right? The Fred Thompson line, I thought the Fred Thompson line was Hunt for Red October. I'll let you in on a little something. He's getting TJ on the line right now. Is he? So, okay. Yeah. So, in Clear and Present Danger, Dan Byers, since I know you're not a huge movie buff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Didn't okay, so it. here's here's the premise of the storyline, right? The president of the United States has a friend, a donor, who gets offed in like a failed drug deal in the middle of the Caribbean. And all his advisors are like, oh, stay away from it. Pretend like you barely know him. And Harrison Ford, uh, who's playing uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Ryan, right? Harrison Ford's like, no, don't say he's he he's an acquaintance. Say he's a friend. Say he's a lifelong friend. Because the second that you claim you don't know a guy, who everyone knows you know, they're like, oh, something's up, and they're going to start right. So that's all that that Giannis did. They're like, well, you didn't like Adrian Griffin. No, I liked Adrian Griffin. Well, you are upset with his Coach. No, 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 I was fine. Right, like he's not going to sit there and go like I had nothing to do with that. I, he just he just said, hey, I was good with it. But there is 0.0% chance, in my opinion, that Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't have to, um, he may not have said, you know, it's like in the old mafia thing, he didn't want him offed, but he's the only one that could stop him from being killed, and he did not stop it from happening. Let's get to T.J. Oshmanzada. Of course, uh, you can hear him on Up On Game Weekends here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, download that as a podcast. He's a former Pro Bowl wide receiver. You see him on Fox Sports 1 as well. And uh, let's, let, let's let's get with the Ravens to start. Is there going to be a better scenario? Right? And from that, I mean, you're at home. You got an extra week off as opposed to the Chiefs. You got an extra day off because you played on a Saturday. Um, You know, Lamar's still surrounded by a great, great team. Not that he won't in future years, but this is the last year of the rookie deal. You're at home, you're healthy, you're rested, and the Chiefs aren't great. There's not going to be a better path to the Super Bowl than this, is there? Or could it
6: just be the Ravens are the better team? Like, the Ravens have the better defense, number one defense, points allowed, offensively, this is the best we've seen them play as far as running and throwing the ball. This Ravens team is a complete team. But anytime you have Patrick Mahomes, under center, Travis Kelsey, and the way that Chiefs defense is playing, it's gonna make it a real competitive game. But the Ravens just they, they have the better football team. And you, you look at the Chiefs' first playoff game, the Dolphins, all their pass rushes are hurt. Then the Bills, they have some guys nicked up. This Ravens team is getting healthy. They may get Mark Andrews and Marlon Humphries back. It's an uphill battle for the Chiefs. But as long as you have Mahomes, you have a chance. But the Ravens just have a really good football team.
1: Um. Okay. What about the Bills and, and then losing? Um, if you're in Buffalo, what changes do you make to get them over the hump?
6: Man, you, you really need to get a receiver that can – Big score in one play. You need to have that threat on the outside. It's just really odd, man. Like, when they play the Chiefs, the game that you think and assume they should win, they just find a way to lose it at the end. 13 seconds left. Um, they play defense. Like, why are you playing these? Why are you doing it? It's just odd when they play the Chiefs. I don't know if it's a mental block for them. The Bills don't have to make drastic changes. More than anything, they probably need to change their mindset and the way they approach it. Specifically, the coaches need to change that as well because that plays a part in it. But the Bills have a good team. It's just mentally, when they play the Chiefs, it's something there that they're not getting or they just can't get out of their own way. But as long as you – again, Josh Allen, you always have a chance. But they need somebody on the outside that can stress it. There's no way that Stephon Diggs isn't – as effective the second half of the season as he wants early. And Shakur is basically your lead receiver. That that can't happen. Why? And you're paying Stephon Diggs to be that. That's what if so, Stephon
1: you, Diggs isn't that guy anymore?
6: You just don't fall off. Of, it, it, there's something going on there, and I don't know what it is. Maybe he's not getting the target. Maybe he's not getting position. He's getting the targets. The position – to be as effective as he would like. I don't know what it is, but something needs to change. Like, guys just don't fall off a cliff like that. Oh, he's thirty; That doesn't matter. The way that man works and trains, something is going on there. I don't know what it is, but they still need a receiver opposite Stephon Diggs that we can one-play bomb you whenever we need it.
1: Stug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay. Um, Brock Purdy, your assessment, one playoff game in.
6: I mean, obviously Brock didn't play – he didn't play his best, but they won the game. I'm, I'm a fan of Brock Purdy, Doug. I, I really am. Like, oh, he's a system quarterback. He has all these weapons, and he's doing well with them. Because when the quarterback doesn't have weapons, what's the first thing we say? He needs weapons. And when you give him the weapons – we never talk about the weapons that we gave, him. we talk about how great the quarterback is playing. So now that Brock has the weapons and he's doing well with them, first three quarters he was not – first three and a half quarters, he was bad. And do we say it was raining, you know, the conditions, the weather, whatever it may be, when it mattered the most, Brock Purdy showed up. And that could be a wake-up for him. That can be a wake-up for the team because this Lions football team – they can play. Both sides of the ball. Aaron Jones and the Packers had a ton of success running the ball. If that's Jameer Gibbs in the open field like that, those are touchdowns. He's not getting caught. So the 49ers better show that run defense up uh, more than anything else.
1: Do you think they will be able to?
6: I actually believe the 49ers will win this football game. They'll cover whatever. I believe last week was a wake-up call for the Niners because the Packers pretty much gave that game away. If that's not a wake-up call, if that doesn't force you to focus a little more, maybe you can say the week's off, the bye, whatever it was. The 49ers have been, alongside the Ravens, the two most dominant teams in the National Football League all season, and so I don't see how they come into this game this weekend and not pull it out.
1: Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Can you find any flaw with that hire?
6: Zero flaws. I can't find anything wrong with it. Um, I'm happy for the Chargers. I'm happy for the players. Man, the AFC West is going to be some great football, is it not? Um, Harbaugh, he's just a winner, man. When you say the name Harbaugh, just put in parentheses, winners. That's what they do. That's what they do. They win. And so they have some cap problems or some cap uh, situations that they need to handle. But when you know – you know a plus that he's going to have is he's coming fresh out of college football. He knows who can play, who can't play, um, who to draft, who not to draft. And so he has somewhat of an advantage um, with the players in college football. But I, I'm, I'm happy for the Chargers that they got the best available candidate in hardball I can't wait to see what he does with Herbert and his Charger football team.
1: I can't either, and I but I also can't remember uh, a hire. I mean, maybe Andy Reid went to Kansas City, but remember, even Andy Reid, they went through the 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 kind of downward uh, cycle. Plus, he had you know the, the terrible stories with his sons, uh, one son, and then the other son when he got to Kansas City before that. But I can't remember a hire that as many people said, "Well, that's the best. That's the only guy to hire the best possible." guy to hire. Uh, that part to it is uh, is, is crazy. leap show here on Fox Sports Radio. TJ Hooshmanzada is uh, is our guest. Um, Hoosh, let's um, let's look at a couple other things in, in the NFL. What now that we have a full season of Jordan Love and he's under contract for one more year? There were some really high highs. There were some low lows. How convinced are you that he's their franchise quarterback, not just next year but in the future?
6: I was convinced once he turned it around in the second half of the season, I always thought that Jordan Love would be a good quarterback. Uh, first half of the season, and obviously playing behind Aaron Rodgers, um, when I told people Aaron, uh, that Jordan Love was going to be that guy, some people started to remind me that I was wrong. And I'm paying Jordan Love 45 $46, 47000000 a year moving forward. This team is going to go as far as Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur will take them. I think that caring, it works. These young receivers, I mean, they have four or five really good young receivers. They can grow together. But I'm sold that Jordan Love will have a very successful career with the Packers.
1: Hmm, Okay. Um, Of the coaching hires that have been made so far, any of them that you don't love?
6: I wouldn't say that I don't love them because honestly, Doug, like if you have good players and you have a good a good support system as far as ownership, general manager, the coach is going to have success. I was shocked uh, with Brian Callahan leaving the Bengals, going to the Tennessee Titans, considering I think Ray was a hell of a coach. But everybody wants an offensive coach. And so I wouldn't – as of now no because we we don't know who the commanders are going to hire right we
1: we feels like feels okay, like Ben Johnson say, you know feels what? like Ben Johnson say. by the way like Ben Johnson's still coaching I am
6: shocked. I'm I'm I I will be honest now I'm shocked that Canales has been hired as the Carolina Panthers head coach that's very shocking that's that's very shocking like yeah you did very well in Tampa you did very well Baker Mayfield in Tampa but it was almost like Pete Carroll didn't want him. When he was in Seattle, Pete Carroll basically like let him go, would you say? Yes. He basically fired him. And a year later, or two years later, you're head coach. So that's a shocker to me. I hope it works from I believe the Panthers and Dan Morgan are looking at what he did with Baker. He could probably, hopefully, do with Bryce. But that hire... It surprises me, very much so. Uh,
1: TJ, who's in the Super Bowl?
6: I will tell you who will be playing in the Super Bowl would be the Ravens and the Niners. The Ravens obviously blew them out in the regular season. A lot of fluky plays, tip ball interceptions, a lot of batted ball interceptions. Um, let's see if they can get to it healthy. As we stand here now, if both teams are healthy – I might say the Niners win a close game, but if anybody has an injury, obviously that that would change my opinion. Any of their better players. But as of now, if both teams can stay healthy, both teams advance, I would take the Niners in a close game over the Ravens just because I'm not sure that you're going to have those tip ball interceptions and things of that nature again. Um, But you have to see how this, this week goes and make sure none of the key players get injured.
1: Hoosh is best, man. Can't wait to see you at the Super Bowl. Thanks so much for joining us and look forward to listening up on game this weekend.
6: Uh, Appreciate you. Keep up the great work, my guy.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation.
5: Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TyRat.com/sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TyRat.com/sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What up? It's Doug Outlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, While we get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, or $10,000 recommended dot TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Uh, we got some coaching hirings. We got, you know, that one still big gloomy coaching firing in the NBA. Uh, man, we got some stuff for you this hour. Plus, special guest T.J. Hushmanzada will join us. Uh, I'm going to ask him, among other things, about this weekend's games. And I want to ask him about Marvin Harrison Jr. Is his value that of a quarterback, even though he's just a wide receiver? Well, that's TJ Hussmanzada. He'll join us in 25 minutes. Um, Look, certain things have to just time out right. You know? And there is a certain magic to when you're cooking at home, getting everything to time out right. Can you guys do that? Like, Jay, Stu, do you have the ability to do that, or everything is ready at once? It's a hard thing timing-wise. And I'm not talking about leaving something in the warmer, just starting things in sequential order so they're all ready at once.
3: I have zero skills in the kitchen. Um, I could warm things up, but I I do marvel at uh, my super hot girlfriend, Christina. She, She plays that balance very well of having everything ready at once.
1: Hmm. Uh, What about you, Profet? Do you have the ability to get everything ready at once?
5: Depends what it is. Usually, I cook a lot of Japanese food. I usually can just leave stuff sitting in the rice cooker, and that's usually uh, close enough for me. I think last night, I got the the meat to time up with the rice just about right.
1: Yeah, There's nothing like when you get it all the time out right. But usually when you get it all the time out, right, like if you kick for, cook for your kids or your family, they're never ready to go. And then they come in and then you end up getting mad. You're like, dude, this was already like 15 minutes ago. Now You,
5: you always forget something at the end. Like, like last night, I forgot one vegetable I had to chop. And right at the end, I'm just furiously trying to get it in.
1: Yeah. Well, things have to, things have to time out perfectly. Right. They just do. And for Lamar Jackson, I think the timing is right now. I don't think there's ever going to be a moment where Lamar is going to have an easier road with a team that around him, the team that's supporting him, is better than every team they play more so than now. Don't get me wrong. They went in and they've, they've won games on the road against tough competition and looked like a team that could compete and win a Super Bowl. They dominated the San Francisco 49ers, who by all accounts, people thought, most talented team in the NFL. They don't have to go on the road for Sunday. This is a minor thing to most people, but at high-level sports, they had an extra day off, and really a second half that wasn't crazy physical. It didn't come down to the wire like the the Niners-Packers deal did. They have a mostly healthy roster, and their roster is better than that of the Chiefs. Why is it better? Well, Lamar Jackson's in year five is rookie contract. So that's a fifth-year option. That's in the $20 million range, but next year he'll be making in the $50 million range, right? And one of the things we've seen is when those new contracts come online, happen with Pat Mahomes, you know, it's going to happen with Joe Burrow next year. It's going to happen with all these guys. Once those contracts come online, well, that's when the happy days are no longer there. You have to part ways with somebody because you can't pay everybody top of the market, even the guys you really want to. Uh, please don't misconstrue me and say um, Gottlieb said Lamar's never going to get back to the AFC championship game. Or if he doesn't win, he'll never get to a Super Bowl ever again. No, but I can't think of a time in which the timing is better. You know, he has a year in his offense, so he knows it. But the tendencies haven't been as established as much for the opponent. The Chiefs get one day less to prepare. Right? The Chiefs played, I mean, really, their wide receivers played out of their mind to go back to the, to the Buffalo game in that they didn't have any drops. Yes, you're playing Pat Mahomes, that's less than ideal. But other than that, timing works out perfectly. And, and timing is a legit part of sports. You know? Look at the rise of Michigan State football. By the way, the rise of Michigan State basketball back in the late 90s and early 2000s, the same thing. When Michigan State basketball took off in the late 90s, that's when Michigan basketball was on probation. When Michigan State football took off, that's because one reason was Michigan football was a mess. Like, Michigan State just can't be dominant on its own. It's too hard. They need a little help, and the help was that Michigan couldn't figure their act out together. They shouldn't have to, it shouldn't be all or nothing, but that's the way it tends to be. Sometimes it's just about timing and health and luck more so than are you actually better than people. We've said this about the, the Warriors for years. When they won a title, things have gone their way. Toronto, right? When Toronto won their title, Kawhi hits that shot to beat Joel Embiid. Um, but then when they play the Warriors, KD only plays one half of one game and then he gets hurt. Everybody, Clay, then got hurt in Game 6 as well. They just had too many injuries, so even if it was close, it wasn't going to be close to the final score because, well, only one team was going to win. It's a timing thing more than anything. I think the timing sets up for Lamar, Baltimore, Tom Munkin's offense, Andrew's back fairly healthy, and they they go to the Super Bowl. And, and just like timing out your meals is really difficult, timing out the when you have your best team, when your quarterback is still not making money, but you got to give him some money so that while he's under the contract uh, for future years, he still feels compensated. All of those things, they came together for Lamar. I mean, I'm not giving away my pick for tomorrow, but I'm giving away my pick for tomorrow. You guys know what I mean. You know? And and look, we've we've seen this seen this in the NBA. We see it in Major League Baseball. Jay, Stu, you point out for all year long that this was this last year was not a year in which the Dodgers really seemed to go for it. I I didn't mean they sat it out, but they did kind of sit up where they could have they could have pushed all their chips in and gone for another World Series title. But they're kind of playing a little bit of a long game here with the two signings of the offseason with the rest of the roster. Feels obvious what they're saying is, hey. We're going to save money in 2023. In 2024, we're going to spend, and that's going to be our little nest egg for our daughter when she gets done riding.
3: No doubt. But once you say, if I'm going to be devil's advocate here, and mm-hmm. I think everything you just said is true, but haven't hasn't Lamar and the Ravens earned everything that you just laid out? I mean, the home field advantage. Um, you know the way this has kind of played out with the with who they're matched up against and whatnot in that I was just just this week I've been reading about just how dominant this team has been and maybe I just wasn't as tuned in during the season but I think I read where um the only two games they lost or the only three games they lost that was not the final game when everyone sat they were leading at the two minute mark of the game Um and things just kind of went wacky at the end of the game to lose. Lamar, I think, has won the last six games that he's played in, and Mark Andrews was not on the field. Um, so there have been some like remarkable performances within what you just said, correct?
1: No question about it. But to me, this is a a great player, a likely two-time MVP, who has not yet won big in the playoffs, and the timing to me – uh signifies that now is the time. Now is the time. He's got a good enough offense. He's got a good enough surrounding cast. He's healthy enough. His offensive line is healthy enough. His defense is elite. They're playing at home. They've had extra time off. This is the time. This is the time.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
4: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
3: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.